It is good to be back home. Would you please give it up for Pastor Phil and Pastor Holly and Pastor Julian and all of the incredible ministers here. Um, I've been texting with your pastor and, and um, a few months ago um, when my book, The Truth About Men, came out, he said, I want you to come on a Wednesday night and talk about the truth about men and show the trailer to your film. I said, I don't have a problem showing the trailer to Breakthrough, um, but are you sure that they're ready for the truth? He said, no, 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 they're ready. I said, no, Pastor, are you sure that they are ready for the truth? He said, trust me, they're ready. So if you can't handle what's getting ready to happen in these 28 minutes and 12 seconds, don't put it, don't blame it on me. Talk to your pastor, amen. I really feel like too often when we come into the house of God, while we are in a city called Hollywood and everybody wants to, uh, you know, talk about actors and great acting, I believe that the, the greatest acting happens right here in the house of God. We come in here, we act like we've got it all together. We act like nothing is bothering us. We act like we're not struggling. We know our lines, God is good all the time and all the time. Come on. We know our dialogue, we know the script, right? And we begin to go through a routine of acting but never living truth. So for the next half an hour, we're gonna have a truth talk where we're gonna go beyond the presentation and God has called me to talk to the person. Is that all right? Because I believe that so often in the church, we suppress, we don't talk, and anything that we suppress, we empower to destroy us. And it's one thing for me to talk to you spiritually, and you get that. But may I submit for your consideration that sometimes where we miss it isn't necessarily in the spiritual, but it's in the practical. Yeah, I'm gonna come sit right next to you. How do we walk this thing out? And if I can go a step further, the area where we sometimes have our greatest challenges and struggles are in the areas of being single or in a relationship. Hmm, okay, all right, let me see who I'm talking to tonight. Uh, anybody single here tonight? Anybody single? Anybody single? Amen. I see you in the balcony. I see you down here. Now, um, somebody, you actually didn't raise your hand because you're sitting next to somebody that uh, they don't actually know that they think that you think you're single, okay? <laughs> so there might need to be a conversation that happens tonight, all right? Because we're trying to get the truth to set us free. Um, anybody in a relationship and you're not afraid to admit it, that could be a marriage or a committed relationship. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. There's somebody else that you should have raised your hand because you're with somebody you know you shouldn't be because you actually committed to somebody that's not here. We are about to tell some truth. So... What I began to realize, and one of the reasons why I wanted to write the truth about men, what men and women need to know, is because it's time for us to not only tell the truth, but live truth. And one of the ways to do that is for us, especially as believers, to go beyond what we understand um, spiritually and begin to apply that practically. And there's so much that the enemy does in this area of our love life that if we don't have some practical to go along with the spiritual, we may miss it. All right, so I want to lay a foundation. I'm going to give you two texts, and then we're going to go through some particular tips to help you if you're single and to help you if you're in a relationship. All right, turn to your neighbor and say, you ain't ready for the truth. <laughs> ah. All right, so I want to draw your attention to Genesis 
Now, y'all saying a whole lot more than I asked you to say. Um, I want to draw your attention to Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. I want to go back to the foundation of our faith to articulate a very important truth. And then I want to read John 13, verse 34, and then we're going to get right into the message. So Genesis chapter 2, verse 18 says this, The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. He's referring to Adam. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field, all the birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. Verse 20, so the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds of the air, and all the beasts of the field. But for the man, for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and he closed up the place with flesh. Verse 22, then the Lord God made a woman from the rib. He had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. Verse 23, the man said, now this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She will be called woman, for she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. I want to pause for a moment. Why is this text relevant? Because too often, especially in this area of men and women and relationships, there has been a myth that persists that is doing damage to the quality of our singleness and relationships, and it's this. This idea that if you are single, there is something wrong with you. I never forget when I was single, I was uh, the, the last one of my brothers to get married, and my younger brother got married before me, and then my older brother got married before me, and, and they began to ask the question, Devon, what's wrong with you? Why are you still single? And I said, excuse me, I didn't know singleness was a disease. Ah, I'm talking to somebody right now. Mm, ah, I got to give you a commercial break. We're going to come right back to our regularly scheduled program. Uh, I want you to know there is nothing wrong with you if you're single. Stop feeling that there's a stigma or some cloud hovering. Let me tell you something. You're not right for everybody. Everybody's not right for you. You're single because you're whole. You're single because God has you where he wants you to be. Stop allowing people to make you feel bad because the same people that want you to feel bad about not being in a relationship, they're not even happy in the relationship. They've lowered their standard to get in. I got to talk to somebody tonight. Mm. Okay, right back to our regular schedule program. Why is this important? Because too often uh, men believe that commitment makes them weak. And women are taught that if you don't have commitment, something's wrong with you. When we go back to Genesis, we see that that's actually not true. Adam was the one who had the need. Adam was the one who was incomplete. How did God solve the problem? He took the rib out of Adam, and he made a woman. Now, hold on. He didn't take two ribs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah. Okay. Mm, I got, okay. I got to just give you this truth. See, see, too often as men, and I, when I was single, I bought into the same myth that the more women I had, the better. Now, let me tell you, it's just not true. But here is the reality. Too often, and I got to talk to the brothers in the house, too, the single brothers in the house, too often, 
If you are trying to find your value in how many women you date, may I submit for your consideration, you will continue to find yourself empty on the inside because there's nothing that you can fulfill externally if the problem is internally. And when you buy into the myth that the more women the better, you go from treating a woman like God's daughter to an object of your pleasure. May I submit for your consideration that true power is found in the commitment to one. Boys play, men commit. I got to say it again. Boys play, men commit. Why is this truth so important? Because there's somebody, listen, I just got to tell you the truth. There's a man in here right now that, that you are dating more than one, and, and, and the one you're with now, they don't even know that there are others. God told me to tell you it's time to tell the truth. Why? Because when you go back to Genesis, Adam was incomplete, and he needed commitment to be whole. Now watch this. When Eve is created, do you hear her say, where is Adam? Do you hear any dialogue where her, she's saying, oh, I'm incomplete. Eve came into the earth complete. It was Adam who had the need. It was Adam who said, now this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. For this reason will a man leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife. May I submit for your consideration for any man wondering if you need to commit. Commitment is where we find our wholeness. I don't know who I'm talking to. But for women, please do not misunderstand this. Too often I find women that come to me trying to find themselves in a relationship and they feel like they're not whole if they're not in one. It's just not true. It's just not true. And what happens when you buy into this dangerous myth as a single woman? You then begin to lower your standard just to have commitment. <clears throat> Can I give you another commercial break? <laughs> um, um, ah, when I was single, people said my standards were too high. They said, you know, Devon, you're never going to meet somebody who's going who's to fulfill all those things. I said, so you mean to tell me I have to compromise on what I believe will lead to me to, to peace and happiness just to allow someone into my life for companionship? So you mean to tell me that I truly can't be fully happy because in order to have somebody, I have to lower standards to allow them entrance. I said, something about that doesn't work for me. I said, as a matter of fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to keep my standard at the level God has called me, and I'm going to see if there's the right person who can step up to my standard as I step up to their standard. I got to talk to somebody right now. You've been lowering your standard for too long. You got to keep your standard where God tells you to keep it, and you got to have people step into your life, not you step down to get into theirs. I don't know who I'm talking to, but if I can tell you the truth, somebody in here has been dating down way too long. It's time to let somebody date up to get with you. You are God's son. You are God's daughter. Stop compromising. Mm. Ah, I got to stick to my notes. It is so important to understand this truth so that as we have this level set, we can begin to navigate this area of relationships, love, and dating. I want to go a step further. John 13, verse 34 says this, For I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. These are the words of Jesus. You should love each other. What Jesus is saying is love is the answer. When I began to endeavor to write this book, my goal was how do I help heal the pain that I see in the culture relative to the behavior of us as men? 
I see so many women who are the recipients of pain because we as men are not doing our work. And what does that work look like? It looks like leading and living in love. What is love? Love is sacrificial. Love means I put someone else's needs above my own. Love says that, that I have to be more selfless than selfish. And what I begin to find as I begin to go deeper into myself to write this book, I begin to realize that, hmm, I don't know how to love as well as I would like. Why? Because I sometimes struggle to love myself. What most women don't know is that most men struggle to love themselves. Why? Because society creates this box that says, if you're a man, you must be strong. You must have the answers. You, you, you must have multiple women. You must have uh, as much sex as you can have. You must have power. You must have money. And as men, as we grow older, if we don't fit the box, we're met with violence. Stop crying. Stop being a wimp. What's wrong with you? You're only dating one woman. And what do we do? We learn to hold it in. We don't communicate. We don't talk. Why? Because we try to survive just to fit into the box. And the box doesn't heal us. The box breaks us. So in order for us as men to become the men God called us to be, we have to learn to practice love. And it starts with loving the person that looks back at us in the mirror. But what stands in the way of even learning how to love is lust. I believe that every man struggles between love and lust. Now, do, do women have the same struggle? I believe that women do. Now, y'all ain't going to say amen to that, okay? But say amen in your spirit, all right? <laughs> but I didn't write this book from a standpoint of what women got to do better. Because too often as men, we don't take accountability and responsibility for our behavior. So I wrote this book as a way for us as men to do our work, but I give women information along the way. Why? Because I don't believe women can be successful with something you don't understand. And may I submit for your consideration, most women do not understand us as men. I wrote this book to change that. Yes, I did. I want you to know all the tea. I want you to have the manual. I want you to have the 411 so that you can understand the type of man you're dealing with. And heaven forbid you're dealing with a man who's not doing his work, you now will know. What does this work look like? When we lead in love, why is lust such a problem? Now, lust is more than just a desire for sex or women. I want to articulate and define lust right now. Lust is a selfish impulse for personal, professional, financial, or sexual fulfillment by any means necessary, even if those means are detrimental. Lust is selfish. It wants what it wants, whenever it wants it, however it wants it. Lust says, feed me. Love says, I have to feed the person I'm with before I feed myself. So these two things war within a man, and this is one of the reasons why it is so hard for men to be faithful. Can I say it? Am I giving you too much tonight? Have you ever, I, at, growing up as a kid, I found out that my, my father had, had cheated on my mother before he passed away, and it devastated me. And I began to ask the question, can men be faithful? And as I grew into adulthood, I began to realize here's so why it's so hard for us to be faithful because these two things, love and lust, war with one another. And if we don't commit ourselves to God, the master, to help us through these things, we will find ourselves giving ourselves over to that lower self, that lust, more repeatedly than we give ourselves over to love. This is why this myth of dating more, more than one woman and finding your value in more than one woman as a man is dangerous. Why? Because as a man, when you get to the point where you want to commit 
and you have no history with committing, it's not like all of a sudden, magically, you learn how to hold a commitment. Have you ever wondered why? Anybody, any women in the house ever wondered why sometimes you've been with a man that's been hard for him to stay faithful? Come on, can we have an honest moment? Okay, thank you. Now we're having a true talk. It's because that man has given himself over to that lust. How do we deal with this? As men, it is so important to first and foremost recognize that the struggle is real. I don't stand before you as a man of faith that has conquered the struggle. Love and lust war in me every day, and I have to make the commitment to do my work so that I don't ever get to the place where I say, oh, I've, I've, I've got the victory over all this. The moment I tell you I got the victory, I want you to set your watch for how long it's going to take me to fall. I don't stand, even though I'm standing right now like above you, I'm not preaching down to you, I'm preaching with you. Because it's too important, and, it, and for too long, you know, I don't want to stand on this stage and say, oh yeah, you know, here's how you do it, so you never have a lustful thought. Sorry, if anybody knows how to do that, please, let's talk after this. But the issue is, if we don't begin to manage it, if we don't begin to get control over it, then those thoughts begin to control us. This is why I wanted to write this book, to show us how we can lead and live in love even though we are still in the presence of the lust that seeks to destroy us. I want to read a text here from the Message Bible, Romans chapter 8, verse 18 to 20, and these are the words of Paul remixed by the Message Bible. I realize I don't have what it takes. I can will it, but I can't do it. I decide to do good, but I don't really do it. I decide not to do bad, but then I do it anyway. My decisions, such as they are, don't result in actions. Something has gone wrong deep within me and gets the better of me every time. Anybody ever relate to that? Come on, somebody. Anybody been there before? Come on. And can we go a step further, especially in a dating situation? Come on. Don't get, don't get quiet on me. Oh, my goodness. We say, okay, here's what I'm going to do, right? And then we get in a relationship, and here's what we don't do. And then we say, okay, here's what I'm going to do. And then we get in another relationship, and here's what we don't do. It is so important for us to first, in order to get victory, understand that we're in a war. You cannot win a battle if you don't think you're in a war. We are in a war between spirit and flesh every single moment of the day. And when we're aware of that, now we can have a strategy to be successful. Anybody ready for the strategy? Here we go. Let's talk about the strategy. I'm first going to deal with single women, then I'm going to deal with single men, and then I'm going to deal with both men and women in relationships, all right? So here is one key for the strategy for single women. I need you to know, do not be more impressed with the public success of a man than you are his personal success. Ah, just because that man looks successful when he's in an environment, that does not mean that that environment is in him. Judge that man by what you see when he's not in a public space. Does he have integrity? Does he have character? Just because he looks good in the pew or on Instagram does not mean that he actually is good for you. Can I say it? Am I giving you too much strategy? Too often, we look at the public success of a man and say, oh, wow, he's got it. You may even look at me and say, oh man, you know he's walking with God. You don't know if I'm walking with God until you watch me long enough. It's very easy for me to come into an environment like this or for you to come into an environment like this and fake it. You got to give it time. 
Get, give it time. Get a chance to know who he is. Don't let him talk about it. See if he is actually going to be about it. Can I say it? Don't worry, fellas. I'm coming to you too. Don't worry. Don't worry. I got to give the lady some strategy first. Here's the other thing that's very important. Related to that, it is so important to evaluate who he says he is. We live in a time now where there's more information available to us than any other time in the history of the world. So let me tell you, yes, check, what is he posting? Yes. And too often, because we find somebody that you want to be with, you overlook some crazy posts. Today, to, yesterday I was in New York and I was doing a, a thing for BET and somebody asked me, if you're in a relationship or you're dating somebody, is it okay to like pictures of the opposite sex on social media? And I said, no, if a man is dating a woman or in a relationship, he should be not liking other pictures of other women. And one of the dudes on the crew, he said, what? Are you crazy? What do you mean there's something wrong with that? I said, yeah, because if you're liking something publicly, you're letting everybody know what you like. And if you're committed and you're with somebody, you're also letting them know, hey, I like you now, but not always. Why would you as a man produce insecurity in the person you're supposed to be committed to? May I submit for your consideration, don't like, keep scrolling. That's what's getting you in the trouble to begin with. You keep liking things that God has told you to move on from. I got to talk to somebody tonight at the Wednesday service at Oasis. Ah! Okay, we got to stay on track. Here we go, here we go, here we go. One other strategy for single women, you got to stay out of the gray area. Turn, turn to your neighbor and say, stay out of the gray. What is the gray area? If you are a single woman, the gray area is where you are, you are, you are vulnerable. What does this mean? Um, you may be hanging out with a guy and you talk to him all the time. Uh, you text with him. You may go to the movies. You may have even met his parents. Uh, he may have met your parents. But never once have you asked the question, are we committed? Let me tell you something. A man knows what he has said and what he has not. And too often in the gray area, a woman may be making an assumption of something that actually does not exist. Knowledge is power. What's done in the dark has to be brought to the light. You got to get out of the gray area. Don't assume you're further along than you are. Ask clear, direct questions and wait for clear, direct answers. Are we exclusive? Yes or no? It's not multiple choice. And if you don't understand his answer, ask again. Do not allow somebody to talk you in circles when you are trying to get truth. Because when you're in the gray, you can be manipulated and you don't even know it. It is time to stop the manipulation and it is time to tell the truth. You got to get out of the gray area. I just messed somebody up right now. Because you're in a gray area right now. You're hanging with somebody right now, and you made plans to go see him after Bible study, and you don't even know what's really going on. But tonight, you're coming out of the gray. Who am I talking to right now? Ah, ah, okay, okay. I got to go to the men. I got to go to the men, and we're going to be done. Um, we talked about not being afraid to commit. We talked about the myth that more is better. For the men that are single, if you are dating, Somebody that you're not serious about, let her go. Let her go. Don't play with her. Don't play with her. Don't play with her. When I was single, before Megan and I got married, when I was single, 
Um, I, was, I, I thought that the more the better. So there were times I would have somebody that I, I'm, listen, y'all, I'm telling you the truth, okay? I'm just telling y'all my truth. All right. There was a time, even though I was saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, it didn't make me a good dater all the time. All right? Okay. So there was a time I would date someone on Tuesday, another one on Thursday, and then one on Saturday night. I'm just telling you the truth. It happened. All right? I, I, got, I, got, I got convicted. I, but, but here's my point. My point was this. I didn't actually know that I was doing as much damage as I was. Because for me, it was a moment of pleasure. But for her, she thought there was something more going on than there was. And God gave me a vision. I was at my wedding. I was about to say I do. And the minister said, turn around. And down the center aisle were all the women I dated. But here's the issue. True story. They were all slain open. They were cut open. And God says, do you think it was worth all their hearts to get here? He said, these are my daughters. Stop playing with them. So for single, single men, stop playing with them. If you're not serious, let them go. And if you are serious, don't be afraid to commit because your power will be revealed in commitment. I promise you, you can't find out who you really are if you're going from one to the one to the next to the next to the next. But when you commit to somebody and you work through challenges and problems, you can begin to discover who you really are. Oh, okay, now we got some truth for relationships. We're going to be done. Um, if you are in a relationship or marriage, oh, my goodness, you have to begin to claim your territory and protect your yard. That means you got to safeguard your relationship because the enemy is trying to bring it down. He's trying to pull you and the person you're with apart. One of the areas where he does this the most is not being truthful in the relationship. So often we are more truthful with people outside the relationship than the person we are in the relationship with. You cannot be afraid to tell the person that you're in a relationship with how you really feel and what's really going on. In order for your relationship or marriage to go to the next level, you have to be able to be 100% honest. The percentage of honest that you are not in your relationship is the percentage that you are vulnerable to somebody else coming in to your relationship. This is why it's so important to safeguard your relationship by telling the truth. How do you tell the truth? you got to create a safe space. What is a safe space? It's a space where you cannot judge the person for their truth. Okay, this is so important. i got to talk to the ladies on this. If you're in a relationship, it's very hard for us as men to be honest and vulnerable. When we are, and if a woman makes us feel less than, makes us feel smaller because we were vulnerable, I guarantee you it may be the last time that man chooses to be open again. Now, there are some times when a man may reveal some truth, or for men, there may be some times when a woman may reveal some truth in a, in a situation. Before you yell, before you get mad, I want you to say, mm-hmm, 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 thank you for your truth. I'm going to be right back. Now, you may have to go in the bathroom and yell, but, but do not make them feel smaller. Why? Because when the person you're with feels like they can be themselves, you're going to see your relationship go to another level. You're going to see things shift and change because truth can heal. If you have some things that you have not been telling the person you're with, I encourage you to start telling them. Not as a way to hurt them, not as a way to bring their relationship down, but to build it up. I believe relationships can only be healthy in the light of truth. And when there is no truth, there can be no transformation. All right, I'm going to give you one more tip. Here, um, you got to manage social media in a relationship. What does this mean? Too often, when we're in a relationship, we're communicating more with people outside the relationship than we are with the person in the relationship. 
We get on our phone, we scroll while we're, in, we're with them. We can't even go on a date or spend time and have a conversation because we're too busy checking other people's conversations. And we wonder why our relationships are going to another level because we are letting the phone dictate what we do and what we don't do. May I submit for your consideration, it's time to put down the phone and have a conversation. How are you doing? What's really going on? We are checking Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Ain't nothing going on. God is trying to bring you love and you out here checking other situations. Let me tell you, manage your phone before your phone manages your relationship. I don't know who I'm talking to today. And as we deliver this strategy, the goal is I believe if we date better, we marry better. I believe if we marry better, we family better. I believe if we family better, we parent better. I believe when we parent better, we community better. Do you realize this is why the enemy is trying to attack you in your singleness, attack you in your relationship? And this is why I said, enemy, guess what? There's a whole new truth that's getting ready to start because we're about to change what goes on in the body of Christ through what God is telling us to do. We are no longer going to give ourselves over to lust. We are going to fight lust with the most powerful force in the universe, which is called love. I love God so much, I can't look at certain things. I I love God so much I can't go certain places. I love God so much and he's given me such a great relationship. There are certain things I cannot do. I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but I want you to know that love can, love will, and love wins. Who am I talking to right now? Don't be weary in well-doing. Don't lower your standards. You keep your standards where God wants them to be. And I guarantee you, love will find you right when it's time. And if you have love, don't lose it over foolishness. If you're with somebody right now, don't allow your lack of communication to break up what God is trying to bring together. It's time to start talking with one another, not at one another. One of the things that I want to do as we close... As I wrote this book, God gave me a prayer for women, and he gave me a pledge to ask men to take. I first want to read the acceptance prayer for women, because too often there are things that have happened to you that you don't always know how to reconcile, and God gave me this prayer. And I posted this prayer on Instagram, and it was funny. A woman said, what do you know about writing prayers for women? And then she said, then I read it, and it gave me chills. This is for every woman in the house. I want to read this prayer over your life. Dear Lord, I accept that there are things I've had to endure that I may never understand. I ask you for healing emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually. Please give me comfort in the times when discomfort is the only feeling available to me. I accept that you have created me for greatness, and I commit myself to pursuing it each and every day. I accept that there are some men who cannot handle all you have created me to be, but I will not make myself smaller to fit into their limited view of who I am. I no longer accept any man who can't respect me. I no longer accept anyone who tries to make me feel inferior. I no longer accept feelings of insecurity or lack of self-worth. I accept the fullness of my calling and destiny. I accept the power of the woman you have created me to be I will not live quietly. 
I will roar with excellence and the authority you have given me from this day forward. In the mighty, holy, matchless name of Jesus Christ, amen. For every woman in the house, I want to apologize on behalf of men. There are some men that have done things to you that you have been still dealing with the aftermath of pain. And you may never hear, I'm sorry from them, but I want to stand in the gap and I want to say, I'm sorry for all the times we said something and did something else. I'm sorry for all the time we as men did not take your heart into consideration. I'm sorry for all the times when we moved on without even caring about how you were. I'm sorry for all the times we disregarded your feelings. I'm sorry for all the pain we have caused. And I want you to know that as one man to the women in here, I am going to do my part to be a man that heals pain and no longer inflicts pain. On behalf of men, I apologize. I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> Last thing I'm going to read and then we're going to be done. For the men in the house, I call the practice of love mastery. We can become masters through becoming men who know and learn how to love. So I'm going to read the master's pledge. And for every man, as I read it, as you commit to taking the pledge, I ask that you would stand. I pledge not to blame women for my actions. Women are never at fault when I lose control. Nothing a woman wears, says, drinks, or does is an excuse for improper touching, remarks, or sexual behavior ever. If you commit, I ask you to stand as a man. I pledge to never harass a woman, period. I pledge to stop looking the other way. If I witness a friend or colleague harassing a woman, I will say something. I pledge to stop making excuses for times when I behave badly. It's not the culture, peer pressure, alcohol, or anything else. It's me. I pledge to confess my sins, apologize to who I have offended, and live to make every day right. I pledge to take a woman's no for an answer. No means no, period. It doesn't mean try harder. It doesn't mean maybe. I pledge to quit acting like my manhood is an entitlement for sex. It's not. I pledge to get the help I need if I struggle with anger or violence. I have to break the cycle of physical, psychological, and emotional abuse among men. I pledge to change my routine. If there's any part of my routine that makes me vulnerable to being less than I know I can be, I must change it. And here's the last part of the master's pledge. I pledge to take accountability for who I am and what I do. What I will be, I am now becoming. You see all the men all over the house, standing in the balcony and on the floor, taking the master's pledge. For all the women that think that, that men are hopeless, look, hope is standing all around the room. You can do better than that. You can do better than that. To all the men in the house, I love you, I see you. We can do this work. You can become the master because you're committed to the master. If everybody would do me a favor and stand to your feet, if you would join the men standing and stand to your feet. We're closing. If you have had some pain in this area, if you're a single and you literally have been going through it, I'm asking that you come down. If you are in a relationship and you want prayer for your commitment, I'm asking you bring the person you're in a relationship with. Both of you come down so I can pray over you. If you're in a relationship and that person is with you, come on down. And if you're single and you've been having pain in this area of singleness and God has been speaking to you tonight through this message, I ask for you to come forward. 
Come on. Come on. Don't worry about who sees you. As the word said, the truth will set us free. Without transparency, there can be no transformation. I see you in the balcony. I see you in the back. I see you on the sides. I want you to know you are not alone. This thing is hard. It's difficult. But it's doable. If you have been dealing with this area of pain as a single, I want you to know God called you here because he no longer wants you to be in pain. He said, I had to bring you in an area where you could be alone, not because I want you to be lonely, but because I'm preparing you for some things I cannot do if I allowed you to be in a relationship. So God is saying singleness is a period of wholeness, it's a time to heal, and it's a time of preparation. And if you are in a relationship, God wants me to tell you now is the time to work on communication. Communication is how the enemy breaks up relationship. So before you yell, before you get angry, search for understanding and bring him as your main counselor into your relationship. And I guarantee you when you do it, your relationship will go to another level.